I have sleep apnea, and I used to struggle with CPAP. Until recently, I hadn't had a good night's sleep since 2005. Do you remember 2005? We used cell phones like actual phones, and everyone wanted life hacks. Here's a life hack for anyone who struggles with CPAP. Get Inspire. It's a sleep apnea treatment that works inside your body to give you comfortable, restful sleep. Learn more at InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Good evening and welcome to Paranormal Stakeout. I'm your host, Larry Lawson, coming to you from the X-Zone Broadcasting Network. And I'd like to encourage you to go to our website at www.xzbn.net for the latest in our program schedule. And if you get a chance, stop by and see me at my website, www.paranormalstakeout.com, or my team's website at www.paranormalfbi.com. Well, if you were with me during my opening show last week, you heard that I've been in law enforcement for going on 37 years. In fact, February will be my 30th anniversary, 37th anniversary. And um, most of the time has been as a detective or a criminal justice educator. Many times during those years, I've been asked by folks, how in the world is somebody with my background, how can you believe in the paranormal? How can you investigate the paranormal you can't put your hands on it it's 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 just not something that that's real now i've answered that question in a couple of different ways but generally it it comes along these lines if you were the victim of a crime or the um, suspect of a in a crime or target of a criminal investigation do you want a detective an investigator that is going to come in and make decisions on that case based upon what the evidence says on its surface, based upon what societal norms says is right and wrong, or would you want to have a detective or an investigator that is willing to look at the evidence for what it is, look at all sides, look at all the possibilities? Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we are going to do on this show. We're going to look at all the evidence as critically as we possibly can for the purpose of putting together a case to take to our, to a court of our peers and prove the existence of the paranormal. You know, with that, I have a terrific guest tonight. I'm really happy to have Mr. Dave Spinks with us. Dave is a veteran of both the military and federal law enforcement for 20 years, retiring in 2011. Uh, he has investigated cases all over the world, both in this uh, here and in Europe investigated some of the most uh, haunted places and notoriously haunted places uh, in this country and abroad. Uh, He currently investigates the paranormal full-time, but the most interesting part there is he not only investigates ghosts and ghostly phenomenon, but also UFOs and cryptozoology. Uh, It's a real pleasure to have David Spinks 
And I do want to mention his website real quick, www.davespinksparanormalinvestigations.com. Please visit it. With that, Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Larry. Great, great to have you. And you know your website's super interesting. I, I was looking at it. I was, I was really amazed at the the people that you've worked with and the evidence you've uh, collected. Um, tell, tell us, Dave, what got you started? You've been doing this for thirty years. What got you started uh, in this business? Well, you know, I, I often tell this story, Larry, on uh, other shows, and um, what really got me intrigued with it was. My grandfather was a World War II veteran, okay? He smoked like a freight train, smoked the um, the old Camel non-filter cigarettes, and, you know, he he was so bad, he only had like a quarter of one lung left, and he had a trach and everything, and he carried around a little oxygen tank with him, and he still smoked, right? And he, it was one of those things you just knew it was a matter of time before before the old guy was not going to be with us no more, you know? And And this is my mom's father I'm talking about. And I happened to be at my dad's house, which was like 30 miles away during the summer visiting him. And I was asleep one night in the bed at dad's house. And I woke up out of a dead sleep, sat straight up in the bed. And there's my mom's dad, my grandfather, standing at the foot of the bed, as clear as me and you looking at me. And I kind of did the old double take and shook my head. You know, I'm like, Papa, what are you doing here? And he didn't say anything. He just smiled at me. And then he disappeared right in front of my face. And I chalked it up as, you know, being a skeptic, of course, you know, back in those days, I chalked it up as a bad dream, as any kid would, a weird dream. You know, what was that all about? So the next day I uh, called up to my grandma's house because I had that dream and I couldn't like get it out of my mind. And my uncle from out of state answered. And I said, what are you doing there? And he said, no one called you yet, Dave? I said, no, why? He said, well, your grandpa passed away last night and everybody's coming in for the funeral. Oh my. So I kind of just, I kind of just dropped the phone, you know, and was just shooken up by that because of, of the dream I had the night before. Well, long story short, I never said anything to anyone about the dream until about six months later, we were all at grandma's house eating dinner. Most of the family was there and I just came out and told everybody about the dream I had the night grandpa died and one by one, most of their faces went funny and they all had the same dream. Not everyone, but most of them had the same dream. And they, I knew right then and there he had come to say goodbye to everybody wow. after he had passed, you know, that's the feeling I got from it. And every, ever since then I've been pursuing the paranormal, you know, when I could, obviously, you know, we would go to all these really cool locations when I was a kid because my stepdad was in the Air Force so I did a lot of traveling I was fortunate enough to do a lot of traveling and I got to go to a lot of Native American sites and I read everything I could get back in those days on the paranormal you know and came you know came across different reports of creature sightings and all these different uh, strange and unusual happenings and it kind of became became a hobby of mine and I just pursued it as much as I could over my work Good. career cool and uh, uh Dave, Dave, got to take a break right now. I hear the music coming on, so uh, right. we'll be back yeah. to you in just a quick second. So uh, join us again on the... This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. 
Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back to Paranormal Stakeout. I'm your host, Larry Lawson, and uh, we're having a terrific conversation tonight with uh, uh, David Spinks. You know, Dave, I'm kind of remiss. You're a military veteran. I want to thank you for your service to our country, not only in the military, but also in the federal law enforcement field. So thank you very much for all you've done for us. All right. Thank Um, you, and same to you. (laughs) Thank you, man. Well, listen, you know, we... Being a cop and being in the military, that, that's a very unique set of skills, especially for our field. Tell me how your military and LE background has helped you with your, your work in paranormal investigation research. Well, you know, I think first of all, first and foremost, as you know, Larry, you know, uh, you are subject to massive amounts of training when you're in the military and law enforcement and you are taught to become a trained observer and that gives you a little bit of an edge on on the average joe i would say you know because Agreed. you're taught to, you're taught to look for things that the average person would not normally notice in in my point of view in my opinion yeah, that's that's been a huge help of mine. Of course, my background being criminal investigations, you know, interviewing skills, and you're right, trying to find things that the average person doesn't doesn't notice. Along those lines, and I'm a big stickler on evidence and evidence collection and preservation. Give me an idea, if if you can, or listeners, an idea uh, on your techniques. How do you collect evidence? What do you do to um, preserve it? That sort of thing. Well, you know, when I, you know, one of my favorite types of evidence to collect in the paranormal is EVPs, Um, you know, and there's a whole, I mean, we could spend an entire evening talking about different (laughs) things that have to do with that, but what I try to do just to give folks a basic understanding of the way I try to do things, first of all, I love EVPs because if you're in a room or a building all by yourself or it's just you and one other, you know, one of your other investigators and you're asking a question and you get a direct, relevant, pertinent response to that question from a voice that's not you or your, say, your partner that's in there with you, you really have something there. You know, that's some tangible, something tangible that you can say, hey, that wasn't either one of us and we know there's no one else in the building. And then what I try to do is I try to get confirmation uh, and, and make them reiterate that, you know, answer that question for a second and even a third time. And in some cases, I've actually gotten that. And that, to me, is very compelling evidence right there. And that's just one small example, you know, uh, of collecting evidence in the paranormal. Uh, you know, those those recorders, you know, the human, when you go into the, all the hertz and the megahertz and all the, the, the human range of hearing, um, it's very, very interesting to understand how 
a voice that was not a living person is captured on those devices, it, it, it'll really blow you away if you delve deep into it. I gotta agree with you. Some of my most compelling evidence have been along the lines of EVPs also. One of the things I like to try and do is uh, what I call triangulate it. In other words, catching an EVP at the same time I'm using a K2 meter or a Mel meter or some other device uh, and getting two or three pieces of equipment registering uh, an event at the same time. So I, I agree with you. Yeah, um, when you can get when you can get a response on a on a say a recorder, um, and then you have other devices that you're actually taking hits on at the same time. That's that's even more compelling. Uh, temp via temperature changes, or you have a you know you're getting an EMF fluctuation, or whatever the case may be. The more stuff you can take, you know, document that that's going on at the same time, the better in your evidence click. Absolutely, and I tend to be a little bit more um, critical of. of things that aren't scientific, but I had an incident recently where uh, my son was using a set of divining rods, and I had a K2 and a millimeter, and all three of them were registering answers to the questions at the same time. That was pretty exciting. We managed to even get that on video, which was even better. So, <laughs> um, what what's your most important tool? What's your favorite piece of equipment that you use to, to collect the evidence? <laughs> Well, as far as mechanical devices, like I said, I love EVPs, and I use different types of recorders. I use digital. I've actually used some, done some reel-to-reel stuff, and you know, uh, just old-style cassette tapes. Um, the magnetic ones seem to capture a lot of uh, EVPs for whatever reason. But like I said, the most pertinent thing to me is to get an, a, a tangible, relevant response to any questions I'm asking via a name or you know. A, a good answer to my question that has backed up in factual uh, information, you know, is very, very good. But I always tell folks the best piece of equipment you can take on a paranormal investigation is yourself. Because I don't know about you, Larry, you know, doing what you've done for so many years as myself, you kind of build this gut instinct, you know, and you kind of, when the hair on the back of your neck stands up or you get that gut feeling, you know, something's going on and you can honestly feel that that tangible change in the atmosphere where you're mm -hmm. at, you know, the longer you do this, the more open you become to it. I, I agree. And being open is, is huge. Now I like using a lot of the modern equipment too, but sometimes some of the old school stuff works such as a, a simple thermometer and a glass of water for temperature change. How about a compass? You combine that with some of your, you know, your, your personal um, uh, feelings. That can be really helpful, I think. Oh, absolutely. And you got to, you know, kind of try to tie it all in together. You know, you walk into a room, you're feeling this way. So then you try to capture that on with a device of whatever kind you want to use via EMF or recorder and then try to capture it on video. And then if you put all that stuff together, you really got something there, you know. Absolutely. And, and sometimes, uh, especially uh, folks that are just getting into the field, they feel that they've got to have all the fanciest, newest equipment. And while that stuff's good, it's even better if you know how to use it properly. But a lot of times, just some of the times, the simple stuff can work just as well. Um, if all the evidence you've caught, of all the things that you've, uh, you've come across out there, what's your most unique piece of evidence? Well, I've got several really good ones. And, um, one of the ones that really, uh, there are several, but really one, a couple of times I've been physically attacked by something unseen uh, on a couple of different occasions. And that really is, uh, it's really unnerving and you, it's very, very hard to explain, you know, scientifically. I can't figure out a way, I still have not figured out a way to explain it. On one occasion I was at this location called Rhodes Hotel in Indiana. It was a notorious hotspot for uh, the, the um, gangsters out of Chicagoland back in mm -hmm. the day. And John Dillinger frequented it and everything else. Uh, long story short, we were up in this upstairs bathroom. And my buddy David Weatherly was doing a ghost box session. And I, had, I was filming him. I was behind the camera. And I took another piece of equipment in to put in there with him to try to you know capture what was going on. And I bend over, and it, this wave of energy just hits me, and I kind of stumble backwards, and it, it it knocked me dizzy for a second, you know. There was mm -hmm. nothing around. You know, I was in the middle of the room when it happened. I stumbled back, leaned against the wall, and he's like, what happened? What happened? You all right? And I said, no, man, something just hit me. 
and he was using a, an old style hack shack box and he asked what did you do to dave and it laughed it said ha 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 i hit him and then he and then he wow. and he said he said dude you better sit down you don't look right so i sat down behind the camera again and then he goes back to doing the ghost box and he says what'd you hit him with and he says a shovel well i kept feeling this tickle in all my head and we had about there's like eight or nine other people there, but they were downstairs and we were doing this live on my channel. And I, I, I said, dude, I got to get out of here. I don't feel right. So I, he shut the ghost box off. We went downstairs. There's all these people there. And they're like, what happened? What happened? And I said, I don't know. And I felt that tickling on my head and I reached up, touched my head and I pulled down a handful of blood. I had a big knot on my head and a hole in my head. And Holy it cow. cracked my head open. Cracked, actually cracked my head open. Had a little cut on my head. And everyone saw it happen. Uh, they were watching the live show. You know, there was nothing where I could have fell down. I didn't fall down, hit my head on anything, anything of that sort. And something had enough juice to where it, it cracked a little hole in my head and put a knot on my head. And that was pretty unnerving. And the very next day, we were there for like five days. Um, David was kind of giving that spirit down the road about attacking me. And all of a sudden, he said, my back, my back. And it said, slash you on the ghost box. And he said, my back's burning. And he had two shirts on. This was live on camera, too. Wow. He, I, said, come, I said, come here. I picked, I picked his shirt up. And you could see these huge scratches just forming across his back. I mean, and they just kept forming and forming. And it was, it was really bright red. So we were both attacked, you know. And, and that's happened uh, several different times at different locations I've been at. So when that kind of stuff happens, that's pretty unnerving. Yeah, that that certainly is. How many times do you think, uh, in your thirty years of doing this, you've been physically touched or attacked like that? Oh, I've been touched many different times. Of course, I've done a, you know, I've done in the several hundreds, upwards of a thousand investigations in that, you know, in thirty years. Um, been touched numerous times. You know. You, felt like a little kid had touched my hand on more than one occasion or grabbed my hand uh had been touched on the arms um i had an actual we were at a very negative supposed negative location and actually had a blood vessel pop in my eye um and i've never ever had anything like that happen to me ever before or since but it was getting really really creepy in there we're getting a lot of negative responses pertaining to it, it was going to attack us, it's going to kill us, all this stuff. Uh -huh. And next thing I know, I got this huge pain in my eye, and uh, you know, looked at it with a flashlight, and I, my eye, a blood vessel popped in my eyeball, and uh, it was a big blood mark. And it took like two weeks for it to go away. Wow! I've been so scratched you... on the neck. I've been scratched on the neck on different occasions, um, on the back, on on the arm. You know, several different times i've been attacked by things what i think go ahead i'm I sorry think, uh, oh, I, it's all right um i think on some of those locations they were notorious criminal like it was a brothel and there was criminals there and they knew they know i was law enforcement they didn't like me so they they wanted to let me know that ah that's an interesting very interesting point uh how often do you think something like what you're describing happened to you was the result of just an angry spirit or maybe something a little bit more nefarious, such as a, a demonic activity? Um, on one occasion, I think it was possibly a demonic uh, something or other, you know, something really negative in nature like that. But the other ones, I think, were uh, a couple occasions. I think it was a spirit trying to get, uh, you know, get our attention like, hey, I'm here. Why can't you see me type of thing? And then the other ones, you know, mm -hmm. there was a couple that did not like me because I think it was the location and it was a notorious criminal hangout and they knew I was law enforcement and they didn't like that, you know, yeah. because we were get, because of the references we were getting on the ghost box and some of the EVPs, it was talking about you pig and you copper and all kinds of, you know, slang terms that criminals used to use for uh, law enforcement back in those days. And then Interesting. Um, have you ever, I'm getting back to equipment for just a quick second, because hearing all this uh, brings an event back to my mind. Have you ever had the opportunity to use the portal yet, the uh, Steve Huff's uh, invention? Yes, I, yeah, I have one. He sent me one, uh, number five, that he made. Uh, yeah, I've used it. it. It's a pretty cool tool. Um, 
Um, it cuts out a lot of the background noise and whatnot, so it, it's a pretty interesting piece of equipment. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't so sure of it until we used it in an investigation with our friends from War Party Paranormal out of West Palm Beach and uh, got some really interesting uh, hits on it. So I became a little bit more of a believer in that piece of equipment also. Well, it sounds yeah, like... I, I, I believe, Larry, that they can use whatever means necessary to communicate, whatever gives them enough energy, you know, or, or I believe that they can use whatever they want. I don't, I don't believe in any one specific device. I think they can use just about whatever they want to communicate with us if they have enough juice. Yep, I totally agree. Well, listen, we're going to uh, take a break now. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Uh, this is Paranormal uh, Stakeout. Your host, Larry Lotz. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. 
Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Welcome back to Paranormal Stakeout with your host, Larry Lawson. And uh, tonight I've got Dave Spinks. What a conversation we're having. Dave, some of the uh, stuff that you were just describing, some pretty harrowing types of investigations you've been involved in. Uh, and you're, you're thinking maybe just once or twice they were truly de- not demonic. Other than that, just they were just mean spirits. Is that pretty correct? Pretty accurate? Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're, that's pretty accurate. I think uh, true demonic hauntings are very rare in nature. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, you know, you have the flip side of that. Some people think it's you're either communicating with devils or angels, and that's it, period. I mean, there are just all kind of theories out there. But, you know, my personal opinion is, Real, true demonic hauntings uh, and activity is very rare, if you you know, in my book. Yeah. Well, keeping keeping along these lines, tell me what is the what kind of case do you prefer to investigate? What's your favorite um, place to investigate, if you will? Uh, I like a little. I like you know. I've been doing this long enough that I like uh, just new and off the wall stuff. I like I like it all, really, Larry. You know, anything of the. Uh, the unexplained supernatural in the supernatural realm. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm all about. You know, when, uh, you know, there's so many reports out there of this and that and the other happening, you know, and people call me all the time. Hey, I've got this going on. Can you come check it out? Of course I can't do them all, but I try to pick out the most, uh, the most different ones nowadays, you know, the, the ones that are just totally off the wall, but you know, I always make sure I, do a pretty good interview of the people calling me, you know, ahead of time to try to weed out the ones that just want to try to get their name out there, you know, think they're going to be on TV or some, something of that aspect. But, you know, uh, I look for them all, you know, I just try to do some different ones that are up more off the wall than the other ones nowadays. Cause I've done so many just normal locations that are, you know, reported to be haunted and done tons of residentials in my time. Uh, I kind of stay back from some of those unless I feel someone really needs some help. And then I go in and try to document what they're, uh, what they're experiencing. And then I turn it over to clergy or whoever that, you know, their religious beliefs are than that particular family. When you're doing a residential, if somebody comes to you with uh, problems in their home, what is your best tool to help them? What do you do? What do you do to help them? If that's what they're asking for? Well, I try, first of all, you know, after I interview them pretty lengthy, I try to go in. If I think it's, you know, they're they're the real deal and they're not uh, using all kinds of drugs and whatnot, I go in and just try to document some of their claims. And if I can document several of those claims and I think it's the real deal, then I, you know, I will we'll reach out to folks that I know that help folks in need and try to help them rid the location of what's going on there. Do you have somebody on your team or somebody you're associated with that can help spirits cross over? Um, there's all kinds of folks that I know after doing this this many years, and, and I try to reach out to the ones that are closest to that particular location, you know, and say, hey, I got these folks, and they're claiming this is going on. I went in. This is what I documented. Can you go in and try to help them out? You know, that's that's just the way I work, work it nowadays. Uh, now, th- this is something that I've come up with come across quite often how often do you get somebody that wants to is looking for help to get rid of the spirits or what they they perceive their haunting is and how often do you have folks say oh i'm glad they're here i just want to know more about them uh, you got a percentage on that because um, you know. it seems like a lot of times folks you know it depends you know it's just each case is different you know some folks want them to be there because number one they think it's some relative of theirs or whatnot and they don't want them to go or they're not ready to let them go. And that can cause a haunting in itself. You know, when you're, when you're oh, going yeah. through the, the grieving period, you know, and you don't want to let that person go. Sometimes that can cause that person's spirit to hang on, you know, and until you're done in the grieving process, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> um, true. True. And, I, so, and I've, yeah. and I've had, uh, I had a spate or a, uh, just lately, it just seems most people want them to stay. They just want to know who's there. That's why I was wondering what you were running into. Yeah, I mean, I've run into all kinds, you know, some people don't want them gone and they like having them around, but, you know, that could, that's one of those slippery slopes you got to be careful of because you really don't, we really don't know what we're communicating with, 
you know, at this point. Good point. Uh, Good point. Yeah, it could be something negative in nature that's trying to gain your trust and get in good with you. And then, bam, you know, you have an attachment and that's not good. You know, it's just there's just so many different uh, ways you could go with this stuff. Um, And I've run into that. You know, people call me. I go in, check it out. Well, we don't want them gone. And then here about eight months later, they're calling me. I need help. I need help. So I've run into stuff like that before, too. You know, Um, yeah, slippery slopes. And that's something that that I think happens out there a lot of times, too. Folks that are just getting into the field, they really don't know what it is they're dealing with uh, because you're absolutely right. We we can have spirits contacting us, and we don't know where they're coming from or what their real intentions are. So that's that's an excellent point on your part. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And I've had, you know, I've had actually had stuff try and follow me, follow me home from some of these really nasty locations. Uh, And it's not, it's not a fun thing. I try to tell folks that this, especially new people coming in the field, you know, I'm often asked questions like that. And I say, Hey guys, this stuff can be very dangerous. You know, people have been possessed doing this. People have, you know, look at the, uh, look at the Mark and Debbie Constantino case. We can't say for sure that they were, that they had some kind of negative attachment, but, you know, look at that whole situation. That was tragic. That was very tragic. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that stuff hits close to home. And I've known other investigators that have been doing this quite a time uh, for a long time that have had tragic instances in their lives. And uh, they swear up and down it was because something was attached to them. So you just never know what you're getting into when you're doing this. It can be very, very dangerous. What's your advice to the, uh, the um, novice or the beginning investigator after they've investigated a, whether it's a public building or a residence, what advice would you give them once they complete their investigation to avoid this issue? Well, like um, we're often asked this question too, you know, uh, we use our protection uh, before we go into a place and before we leave, we always do some um, cleansing and we try to let the spirits know that they're not welcome to follow us. And we use some spiritual stuff to try to ward that off. Um, I, you know, I use stuff that pertains to my religious beliefs and other shamanic beliefs that uh, my friend David Weatherly uses. And we, you know, it seems to work fairly well, but it doesn't always stop them. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I've had things follow me. <laughs> any, any particular, any particular event uh, that you can share where, where a spirit followed you that it turned out to be negative? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I was in this one case where um, there's a notorious haunted house in Pennsylvania. Uh, all the locals called it a haunted house. Everybody knew it was a haunted house. It had a lot of tragic things happen, and it was also built right on top of Native American uh, sacred burial grounds, and those graves were all desecrated. There was numerous white and Indian, you know, like wars, whites against Indians in that whole area way back when. And ever since that house, particular house was built, there was all these tragic incidences of suicides, uh, in it, murders, people dropping dead of heart attacks, uh, people that lived there did not stay long. They ended up moving out and leaving all their belongings, just all these things, these different layers of things. Well, I went in with a team of people and we lived in this house for over a month, investigated it every night. Long story short. I had the worst year of my life after that with a lot of negative stuff going on. Um, I was having dreams where something was attacking me. All these black hands were reaching out to try to grab me. And every night they got closer and closer till finally one night they grabbed me and I woke up with a scratch on my arm and had some financial difficulties during that year. And a lot, just a lot of other things. Um, I was sitting in the living room and when it really first kicked off, I was sitting in my house and I heard what sounded like a light bulb pop. Okay. I was the only one in the house. I jumped up, looked around it, checked all the light bulbs. Every one of them was fine. They all worked. I turned them on, you know, no broken glass anywhere. And then I had a smell of sulfur in the house and that's what started it all after that investigation. So, Uh, I truly feel that something did follow me home from there and um, made my life a living hell for about a year. <laughs> oh, so that's I an important. And, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
um, I went and, at the end of the story, like I went and got cleansed by three different types of clergy and everything seemed to turn around and, and start going back the right way for me after that. So, you know, and I had to do a lot of different stuff at the house to get, you know, get rid of that thing there. So it was, you know, pretty intense stuff. So this is an important note to our, our friends out there listening. If you're just getting into the field and you're, you remember always get into this field for the right reason to seek the truth, but understand bad things can happen. So take it seriously. This is not a game. So I appreciate that story, Dave. Not a problem. Um, I, I try to share that stuff with folks cause they really, I think people, they watch TV and they love the TV shows on the paranormal and they think, Hey, I can do that. But they really have no clue what they're getting into. Well, and that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this show to get folks like you that are on the line out there doing the work, getting their hands dirty to get information to folks that are interested in following us in the field. So your, your, your story there is really helpful and I really appreciate it. Um, you, you're talking a lot about your cases. Do you work with a team or do you mostly work on your own? Um, I'm an independent. I've worked, I've had teams before. I'm an, like I said, I'm an independent, but I also, uh, come together with my good friend, Sean Austin and David Weatherly. And we formed a group called society of the supernatural. And when we, you know, we do travel around quite often and a lot and do these really off the wall cases. And like I said, we don't just do ghosts. We check into reports of cryptids and unknown creatures people have seen, um, and UFOs as well. So, you know, we do a little bit of everything and I really enjoy that. Yeah. That's, so you've got a full plate. You just don't handle the, the spiritual, but you look after the, all aspects of the, of the paranormal, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I think I counted the other day. I did like 40, 40 investigations this, this year in 2016. So almost one a week, <laughs> if you go back and look into it. But usually when we go out, we spend a whole week and we hit, a, you know, several different areas in one week when we go out together, us three. So uh, and then when I come home, you know, I usually have local cases that I do that people call me about and I kind of stay around the state of West Virginia and do those. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we're, we're very busy. We're always on the road doing something. How, um, what's your average amount of time you spend on an investigation? Um, we, it just depends. Like if we're just staying there for one night, we usually start between seven and 9 PM and we go till as long as we can go until we're just absolutely exhausted. Cause you know, as well as I do, some of these places just drain your energy, spiritual, mental, and your physical energy, just drain you out totally for whatever reason. And, uh, I think that they do that to gain energy from you so they can communicate, you know? So, you know, we do as long as I can, sometimes we'll stay at a location for two, three, four nights, you know, and get as much, try to document as much stuff as we can. It just depends what we're doing at that any given moment. Yeah. And you got to be careful too. You're talking about getting tired. Once you get too tired, you start making mistakes. And when you make mistakes, that's when, yep. that's when problems happen. No doubt. Absolutely. Uh, do you work with MUFON at all? Um, I have, I have a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. you, let me, let me, let me interrupt you here, Dave, because I hear the music. So uh, we're going to take our, our last break here. Um, this is Larry Lawson, your host of Paranormal Stakeout. We'll be back to you after these important messages. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to Paranormal Stakeout. I'm your host, Larry Lawson. And tonight, what a conversation we're having with uh, my friend David Spinks. I want to give you his website again real quick, www.davespinksparanormalinvestigations.com. I really encourage you to take a look at this. He's got some great information. And Dave, appreciate all of the uh, information you're sharing with our listeners tonight, my friend. Hey, no problem. That's what we're here to do, you know, try to help folks and uh, spread the word based off of our experience level, you know. Yeah, we are. And, you know, having a guy like you with your experience in the field doing doing the hard work, that's what I need my listeners to hear, what it's really like out there. Uh, just before the break, we were talking about uh, some of the other work that you do. 
and I was beginning to ask you if you uh, dealt with MUFON very often with your UFO investigations. Oh, I have a couple people that uh, are in MUFON that I, you know, report things to if I think it's legit. And, uh, you know, if I get a report from an individual and I go out and uh, investigate it a little bit and see, you know, what's what. And then I will say, hey, I'll call those people and say, hey, you might want to come out here and check this out. But other than that, you know, I, I do it on my own with uh, with my buddy David Weatherly. And, uh, you know, we look into the cases like that. And we try to uh, discern if uh, it was really something uh, otherworldly or just simply, you know, if, say, if a folks report a, a UFO in the sky, we try to discern if it was maybe a military aircraft or a civilian aircraft or, you know, and, and just investigate it like, you know, like you would if you're in law enforcement. You know, you just got to go in and start interviewing the crap out of people and, uh and see what they say, you know, and see if they're believable and if they're credible type people. You know, that's that's one of the things you got to look for, when, especially when it comes to UFOs. And I have an interesting enough background. You know, one of my primary jobs in the military was walking circles around every type of known aircraft that we have from not secret to top secret stuff. So I'm well versed in the types of military aircraft. I uh, was in the U.S. Air Force, so, <laughs> you know. Uh -huh. And again, uh, thank you for your service. You know, I'm no going to digress for just a quick second because you hit on something super important, and it's a skill that, frankly, I think is is um, lost in today's society, and that's our ability to talk to people, i.e., interview. Uh, Absolutely. You know, a good, solid interview at the beginning of an investigation can can do wonders helping you to uh, discern different types of evidence and what the real situation is. And so often we forget how to talk to people. I think it's a lost skill. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you, you know, and, um, and, and another thing is getting people to talk to you. It's very hard, especially when it comes to the supernatural slash paranormal world. Um, people don't want to be labeled as crazy or whatever the case may be. And sometimes it's hard to get them to open up. You know, it really is. So, yeah. you know, when you interview people, you, you know, there's a lot of techniques you can use. And I feel, you know, us being in law enforcement, we have a, a major advantage over folks when it comes to that aspect of it. Absolutely. I, I, there's no doubt we do get some good training along those lines. Um, back to UFOs now. What's your most compelling case uh, dealing with UFOs? Can you share that? Um, I. Believe it or not, you know, I live in West Virginia and I've had some crazy UFO cases reported here. And some of the most well-known cases in ufology are from here. Um, so I've looked into some of the old cases and I've actually witnessed a few things in the sky here myself. And same with my family members that uh, are really, really compelling. Um, I had a, I had a, uh, a sighting a couple of years ago in my backyard. Um, Often in the summer, in the evenings, I would like to set out and uh, have a fire, you know, because I live on top of a mountain and uh, you can see really, really good. The sky is really clear and I like to have a little fire and just kick back, maybe drink one, you know, and just watch the sky. Well, for some reason, one night I stood up there and turned around completely, you know, 360 turned around and was looking behind me and I see a, a yellowish, pearlish white object coming across the horizon and i mean this thing was trucking it was it had to be doing 10 to 15,000 miles an hour uh because i saw it from horizon to over my head within seconds and you know as soon as i saw it i made a beeline for my truck because i wanted to get my thousand power binoculars out and get a good look at this thing well as i run for my truck it's almost over our heads and uh the woman I was with at the time said it just made a 90 degree turn. Now something going that fast, no human could survive something moving that fast and then making a 90 degree turn like that. There's just mm -hmm. not, there's not a G suit that could uh, withstand that and make a human live. I grabbed my binoculars out and by the time I got my binoculars out, it was at a dead hover over our heads. It was probably, I'd say three to 5,000 feet up in the air and there was complete silence this thing it bare minimum it would have broke the sound barrier and you would have heard a sonic boom this thing did not make a sound there was no flashing red white and green aircraft lights on this thing not a sound 
And I got a good look at it on my binoculars and it shot straight up into space. Within a second, it was gone. Wow. And I was just standing there dumbfounded and started talking to the, the woman that was with me. And I was like, can you believe what we just saw? And she's like, totally freaked out. She was freaking out. She'd never seen anything like that, you know? And, um, so of course I, the next, you know, the next day I'm all over the internet searching to see if anyone else had seen this object. Turns out the same object was seen in several different States. It was seen in Ohio, West Virginia, Virginia, and Pennsylvania. And one guy caught it on video and I knew it was the same object because it was exactly the same thing I saw. So we did a MUFON report on it and uh, they published it. You know, um, it was pretty intense. And as far as little green men, no, I haven't in, really had uh, the chance to investigate anything like that. People being abducted or any of that sort. But I've investigated a lot of different sightings. Uh, I've seen pictures. You know, people have showed me pictures they've taken. And probably about 75% of those are misidentified aircraft that I've mm -hmm. investigated. But there's that small percentage that you're like, Ooh, that's, that could be something right there. So it's yeah. very interesting to me and I love doing it. Well, I also noticed too, that, um, in addition to, uh, uh, investigating, uh, possible UFOs, you're right in the heart of a uh, Bigfoot country, aren't you? Oh yeah. This is a, a Bigfoot hotbed here in West Virginia. Um, just in my county alone last year, there was like seven different eyewitness accounts. Um, I've had my own encounter with one back when I was a kid and my grandpa called it the monkey man, my dad's dad. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of, I try to explain to folks here in West Virginia, we grow up from the time we're five years old, we're out in the woods hunting and fishing and everything else. You know, we're pretty much walking around being taught how to hunt and survive in the woods as little kids. So we, we do spend a lot of time here and, you know, this whole state is nothing but mountainous woods region, you know, and you're, I think you're from Ohio. You know what I'm talking about. I'm sure you can. Oh, yeah. So I'm surrounded by millions of acres of wilderness right where I live. So, you know, you never know what you're going to see here from day to day. It could be a bear, it could be a herd of deer, it could be coyotes, whatever. And, you know, I often tell people there could be something standing behind that tree right there and you'd never know it was there. You know, just people do not pay attention to their surroundings. They, they are concentrating on their nine to five job, worrying about the kids, worrying about what they're going to get on the dinner table, that kind of thing. And they're just that's not a, That's a conversation you, you and I can have, that whole issue of not being aware of your surroundings and people not yep. noticing things. You and I could have a whole hour conversation just Absolutely. on that. Uh, you know, your, your career, your background is so varied. Yeah, I mean, and I try to explain that to folks, you know, how often do you look up in the sky? How often do you watch the woods by your house or when you're going down the road? Or, you know, how often do you take a peek and see, you know, just just look at your surroundings? You know, what? one of the first things you're taught in law enforcement, and you know this, is when I see a person, the first thing I look at is their hands. I'm seeing what they're doing with their hands because That's I want to know they're reaching for a weapon or what they're, what they're doing. It's just, it's when you do it so often, it's like second nature. But if you don't do it, you're more, like I said, you're more concentrating on everyday life, you know, going to work, getting off, what you, whatever you're doing with the kids or whatever, you're just not Absolutely. trained to do that. Well, you know, Dave, I'm going to be honest with you. I've got to have you back on the show. We didn't even touch on half the stuff I would have really liked <laughs> to tonight. Um, your travels around the world, not to mention a little bit more of your work with cryptozoology, um, you know, just really have enjoyed this time together now your your website www.davespinksparanormalinvestigations.com are there any other sites that uh, you can recommend to our listeners um it, uh, let me correct you on that it's www.davespinksparanormalinvestigator.com sorry thank you for correcting me right. my friend um, well, yeah if, if folks go to that website they have links to we have two YouTube channels. One's called Real Supernatural. That's mine as an individual. And then we have Society of the Supernatural that me, David, and Sean all do our work on together. And a lot of these investigations we do, guys, are live. There's no editing. So what you see is what you get. You know, it's it's the real deal. And people really like it because they can join in and they feel like they're there with us. They're experiencing what we're experiencing at the same time we are. So that's what we try to bring to folks. Um, we got a DVD series coming out soon and, you know, we have books that are being published. There's David's got black eyed children, strange intruders and wood knocks, uh, which deals with Bigfoot. 
uh, there's just all kinds of stuff that we're, we've got coming out recently and uh, in the near future. So, you know, please check out the website and check out our YouTube channels and our Facebook. You know, all the links to all that stuff's on uh, on that website. And uh, any current events we got coming up this coming year will be listed on there. It's just it's full of all kinds of paranormal stuff. Outstanding. Well, like I said, I can't thank you enough. Uh, as we begin to wind down here, I can't thank you enough for uh, joining me tonight. We're going to have to have you back. It's just that simple, Dave. Uh, we got a lot more to discuss. Uh, and it sure is nice having a brother law enforcement officer on, on the show with me. I do also want to remind everybody, um, www.xzbn.net. Uh, check out our program schedule as well as uh, www.paranormalstakeout.com. Please join us out there. And uh, Dave, once again, thanks for being with us. I really appreciate uh, your time. Thank you for your service to our country. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you again.